Hello, everyone, and welcome to Conversations in Global Health, a podcast led by three students from King's College London, sponsored by Circle U. We seek to bring awareness to the pressing global health issues of today in an accessible manner by engaging in important conversations with field experts offering insights into their fascinating work. We're so glad you could join us for today's episode, Democratizing Mental Health Care, Training Lay People to Practice Therapy. Today's episode is hosted by Stuthi. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this episode of ours for the Global Health Podcast. Today, we're going to speak with some really interesting people. But before I ask them to introduce themselves to you, I want to tell you a little bit about the nature of their work. So in the field of global mental health, there is a large treatment gap for common mental disorders, which include depression, anxiety, and substance use disorders. This treatment gap that I'm talking about is the percentage of people that meet the need for treatment for these conditions but don't receive it. And this range is from 82 to 92%. So it's very, very high. Almost most of the people who need treatment don't receive it because of the dearth of mental health professionals in their vicinity. So to combat this problem, the global mental health field has decided to do something called task shift or task share. This task in question refers to the duty of providing psychosocial treatment or care and it's being shifted onto a layperson with no prior mental health training. So this method, this creation of like a group of lay people with basic mental health training is a way in which mental health treatment is given in low resource settings. That's one of the proposed ways to bridge the treatment gap. So today we have the fortune of speaking with two lay counselors from India about their experiences doing this kind of work. Hi, I'm Seema Sambari and uh... Yeah, I joined Sangat in uh, somewhere 2014, but I was working in somewhere in 2004 with uh, another project, uh, Manas, it's called. Uh, so it was on mental health only. Yeah, so Sangat is uh, working on mental health. Uh, so we are doing research. Then, uh, same as you said, no, like uh, you are training. Uh, lay people and uh, giving them training to do counseling. So same thing Sangat is also doing. So like that, I uh, got trained here in counseling and then uh, I'm delivering counseling sessions here. I'm Subhash Pindekar, provide uh, self only. I am associated to Sangat from last 10 years. So I joined 2013 Sangat as a lay health counselor. And yeah, so basically we work as a counselors in the community, uh, primary health centers, government hospitals, and we do have a clinical services as well. So I'm working over there as well. What did you do before you began working in Sangat, say, as lay counselors? How did you hear about this sort of role and what made you want to take it up? So yeah, uh, actually before uh, coming to Sangat, I was working for a call center, which is uh, Goa Helpline, it's a telemarketing uh, industry. And uh, yes, I read this uh, news in the Navin Times and one of my colleagues uh, introduced me about this, like there is an ad for uh, counselors, they're seeking for a counselor, at least to go and try to apply. And after that, I applied for this and I got selected and uh, enrolled into the further training. Um, and Seema, what about you? So like I said earlier, I know Sangat uh, from 2004. So that time, uh, one study was going on here called Manas. 
and uh, i was working in another ngo called voluntary health association of goa and we were doing research there and sangat was handling interventions so that's how uh, that's how i got to know sangat but then i took a break and then uh, there were uh, this thing um, vacancies for lay health counselors uh, for um, this thing our uh, another project called uh, depression in late life so i just tried i applied and then uh, that's how i came back to sangat i am a very emotional person actually but then sangat gave me lot of training how to do the, uh, this thing uh, this uh, avoid these things how to cope with that so then um so what are the interventions that you are trained to deliver and what condition are they geared towards so yeah when 2012 we have been trained in the healthy activity program which is hap uh, towards to depression people so uh, depression disorder and the cap is a counseling for alcohol problems so uh, all together we had two weeks of uh, training one week for uh, depression and one week for alcohol and including the general skills so yes so we have been training to deliver a treatment on the depression in the community level and the psc level the people who are in depressed like tension something like that so how to deal with that those types of people like mind to body how it is connected to mind to body and the person is not willing to do their daily activity their physical symptoms are increasing simultaneously and then the person is totally withdrawn from the liking pleasurable activity they stop either they reduce so how to generate this back to them and to just get active in those types of uh, all the activities and to active them uh, fully yeah about the cap uh, counseling for alcohol problems so i have been trained to deal with the people uh, problems with dependent drinker a uh, harmful drinker and uh, one project we had which is detoxification which was a home based uh, treatment so the harmful drinking we have been trained to uh, tell the people to understand in their drinkings the impact to give the personalized feedback on the work they do like social environment stigma or family complications relations then uh, uh, financial problems how it is affecting to their daily routine uh, health those things and how the persons become dependent from harmful category to dependent category like getting withdrawal symptoms or not be able to uh, cope up without drinking so yeah so i got a training uh, in general counseling then uh, uh, problem solving therapies and then uh, we were taught uh, this basic like brief about this uh, chronic illnesses because we were dealing with uh, elderly people no so uh, there were many questions about their health and all so we were trained in that also so now just talking a little about the training process if you could just say a couple words about what the training process was like and then do you remember how you felt towards the beginning i mean i know it's been a very long time for the both of you now but if you remember what you went into it thinking and how you finished training thinking so yeah so actually uh, what uh, seema mentioned earlier that a uh, few things uh, before like uh, sangat is a research uh, organization actually ngo and uh, sangat uh, one aim is that so this treatment is only can't be delivered only the psychology because i am not from psychology background i am from commerce background 
but the way sangat trainers and we are capable to do deliver this training uh, treatment for the people who has problem so 2012 when we started in the month of december i guess that training was going on so two days training for uh, general counseling things like how, if you become a counselor then what are the skills to be there in your behavior how your personality that like for example listening skill collaboration deflection uh listen and understand uh giving the lot of professionals the basic core skill like warm empathy genuineness those skills so we have been trained in that uh we have been given a lot of good high risk content and we have been put in the situation that we have to they have shown a lot of demonstration how to do like actor become a patient and one observer then we have been told to uh, do a practice on this so lot of demonstration they have shown our experts under psychiatric treatment was going on that time and the experts counselors uh, seven days two days for uh, general counseling skill then specific therapy for example uh, third day there is a healthy activity program how to draw that three circles healthy activity program like depression then because of depression the person start physical symptoms how it is connecting to each interrelated then if you get physical symptoms then how it is affecting to your daily life person is stop uh, withdrawing uh, all the activities pleasurable activities so everything we have been told and gradually like i said that uh, Let's see. Must have problem solving and communication. If, for example, one person has communication between the husband and wife, how to communicate that? Uh, collaboratively communicate. Good quality of communication. Mm-hmm. Then rumination. If the person is ruminating, problems again and again, thinking over and over on the same problem. Mm-hmm. How that can be dis- uh, distraction method? How can teach them? How to uh, activate them? How did you feel about being a counselor? So yeah, so beginning I was not confident, but working gradually, taking the lot of support from uh, supervisors, I was a bit confident, and now it's just too confident. <laughs> okay. Before going to the field, uh, there was an internship period. Like we were uh, taken to an old age home, and uh, for them we were giving uh, counseling. that time i felt like you know this is not my cup of tea because i started crying there literally i was crying when they were narrating their stories you know how they come there uh, so i i i forgot every each and every skill that i learned in my training and i started learning and i came back to my supervisor and said i'm i'm quitting this job because i can't handle this women's i can't do counseling So she told me she guided me every round and then like uh, she taught me like uh, this is like uh, how to cope with that. Have you felt stronger in your sessions since then? Yes, yes, yeah, sure. Okay. How many how many hours a week do each of you spend speaking with people? Okay, so actually depends upon the cases. Like for example, uh, one day we we will not have any single case, but other day we will be having a two or three cases. But uh, in and around, you can say that every alternate days we spend uh, five to six hours with patients. Okay. Including this is all documentation. For example, forty to forty-five minutes there will be this uh, session. But uh, beginning process like engaging them, rapport building. Then uh, yes, after completing the documents. Uh, uh, sorry, after completing the sessions, we are having a documentation that we have to document. Upload that data on the server from tablet to internet directly. Then data will go to uh, data team. So most of the uh, patients are uh, 
asking lot of direct advice or something the more expectations mm. so for example there is a proper structure so first session is assessment and second the second session is a activation third session is a problem solving so patients expectations are very high though so for example some people like directly for example we are telling them ki uh we will teach you how to uh, solve your problem with the financial so they will expect like we will be giving them financial uh, support or mm-hmm. uh, as a ngo that can you you was some financial uh, support so here uh, like everywhere when you become old they feel that no one is there like everyone goes for work and they feel alone uh, in their home so when we were going to their houses for counseling they were feeling very good like someone is there to talk or someone is there to share so that's why every time we go there they were welcoming us and uh, means uh, in one of the case like they at the end of the sessions like uh, end of the counseling sessions uh, they gave us gifts also which we could not accept it because of the of our protocol so uh, that's how they were so much in touch with us yeah next question do you feel supported by sangat if you don't know how to handle a case or need help other people you can turn to okay so yeah so whenever we do a counseling sessions in the clinic or the psc based on the project so we record all the sessions 40 to 45 minute sessions we get those sessions in the every week supervision once to the we come to the sangat office here up, uh, from the psc it may be every tuesday or thursday and we do have a clinical group also so whatever the recording sessions we do we put in then in that recordings in the supervisions and we give feedback to each peers like peers will give the feedback then the experts will give the feedback like whatever the things have been done really good or whatever the things you have to still improve on for example uh, listening skills were not there but good affirmation was given to the client so this feedback is not specifically for that counselor but this is for the entire group okay so that case we can listen to the audio to improve ourselves for example if uh, i done one session today and uh, seema has done second session t- tomorrow then if i have day after second session then i can listen to the audio of seema what seema has really done well so mm-hmm. that i can listen to the audio and i can improve then we do have a rating sheet also so we read each others the okay. graph for the level like uh, sima is doing really well she is doing using the good general counseling skill but the other counselors is not using that then that feedback can be implemented by the counselors and they can improve on do the supervisors also have a right to tell say if a counselor is not doing well um and not just not helping at all but somehow even making it worse do the supervisors have a right to ask that person to go into training again or sit out for a couple sessions um so that is possible right like you are it, it's no guarantee that just because you've gone through the training you will get okay. to see it depends on your performance right yeah. so yeah based on the experience i can say that i did not come across till now so whatever the feedback supervisors have been given to us it is really helpful to us it did not that i mean that the supervisor had given the feedback but we uh, did not use that and the case uh, went worsen but it i never come across is there anything you wish you knew better or something that you had more knowledge about um or you had better skills for 
um, within in that intervention that you are trained in. Something that was missing in the training that they gave you or the refresher training that they gave you or nothing like that. I think most of the like uh, most of the uh, topics they have covered and whatever the relevant to the depression or whatever the relevant to the alcohol problems they each and every skills they have trainers. But uh, I can say that uh, when the people come with trauma, then we don't have the enough information. Like we have not trained in the trauma, so I wish that they could have trained us in the how to detect trauma and to deal with the trauma cases. Okay. And when you say trauma cases, you mean what? What sort of um, situations are you talking about? Like uh, suddenly lost something lover, other love, uh, lost in business, or any other accidental case, the person cannot enter, or those things can't be taken off from their mind, and they go into the like major depression related to trauma because. After delivering also the every each, each and every therapy uh, for, of depression, the people are not coming out from that uh, trauma, that okay. incident. Yeah, in this case, now if we get like uh, for me, I am very new to I mean, this counseling. Uh, so if we are not giving uh, means receiving uh, this like uh, severe cases because uh, we are not a psychology, we don't have a psychology background, no. So uh-huh. we are, if we found anything like this, we are referring to our seniors. Uh-huh. Yeah, so like that. Uh, but uh, they are uh, giving uh, they are giving us references to attend seminars, webinars, trainings every now and then. Like okay. in COVID, during COVID also, they were sending us, yeah, yeah, those were free, you know, all the webinars, free webinars. They were, and even uh, if there is paid ones also, no, they are paying and uh, means telling us to attend this. So we don't have to spend anything to learn more. Like if we want to learn more, are you given uh, something in return for being a day counselor, whether it's a salary or it may be in the form of something else? Of course, if it's a, if it's a salary, I don't. I'm not asking for the exact salary. I'm just wondering if you're given something. Okay. So yeah, so whatever the work we do, work, what work we do that we are getting a salary, but it depends upon the, uh, this is a project wise we are working. So for example, two years project, which is for alcohol or two year, five years project, which is on depression. Then we do sign a contract of the specific period and uh, within that specific period, we have been given a salary. Okay. And that's, yeah this for as long as the research is being conducted? This is only all research study only, yeah. Okay. So this services is only specifically to the uh, specific project. I mean, now whatever the current uh, impress work, uh, one project is there, what we are working for the depression only. So that will remain only the five years till then we will be working there. So after finishing that work, we are not sure whether we will be getting the continuity in the next project or something like that. But the projects are not that then we can get a break. But the projects are upcoming, then directly we can get a uh, connectivity to work from one uh, project to another project. But uh, luckily from 2013, I am working continuously over here because I did not get a break. Mm. And uh, yeah, so we are just moving from one project to another project. Mm-hmm. And not only working for the with the people, but whenever the workload is less, then we are involved in the multiple. You can see like uh, data entry or uh, conducting in-depth interview, providing counseling, documentation. Now I become a trainer. Also, I do go outside to train people in depression, alcohol. So 
last week only i was in belgaum to train people in the uh, alcohol which is like addiction what have you learned about mental distress and illness through doing this and has it made you see people differently see first uh, when i joined no uh, in 2014 i was uh, not very educated with the man, uh, this emotional uh, this thing like i can say mental health uh, problems my uh, same time no in 2014 my mother was going through depression but i could not uh, see that i could not uh, means uh, i was not knowing that there is a depression for of thing means i was knowing but how she was going through no that is called depression i was not thinking but then i got a uh, training uh, and then uh, that's how i came to know that she was going through depression and then i uh, showed her to a psychiatrist so that was my uh, this thing like that's how i uh, uh, learned what is uh, mental health problems what is called stress and all those uh, mental health problems that was happening at home but you didn't know what it was and somehow getting the opportunity to do this helped you um understand that better otherwise yes. okay i hope she's doing better now yes yes thank you yes. and subhash what about you may you yeah. so similar to sima's experience that uh, before coming into this field i was totally no i was blank like i was not knowing what is mental health and uh, after working with this uh, working in these projects and uh, working multiple with people that we can now you can say that we can read people mind now so we learn how to diagnose people with depression like to understand their physical symptoms when the people come go to doctor with lot of uh, physical symptoms like headache or back pain or lack of concentration appetite most people come with appetite and uh, disturbed sleep so before i was not knowing these are the symptoms of depression but now i came to know these are the symptoms of depression so before i used to make fun of these types of people but after coming to this field now i understood how to deal with them how to respect them so the first eight thing if the person is not able to do a counseling but at least the basic it's basic things first that you can provide like listening to them and understand Mm. then the person will uh, you can uh, that person can express with you keeping their confidentiality building trust with them building rapport with them then the person will uh, come and talk to you and the other bit of i understood that this is actually uh, good building trust with them good rapport building with them this is the one platform that we have open platform we are giving a chance people to talk about their problems Mm-hmm. then i worked with multiple people and i managed and assessed a lot of suicidal ideations also mm-hmm. so yeah that good satisfaction we are getting in our work mm-hmm. yeah then this uh, treatment and the trainings also changed many thing in my life as well as professor and well as a personal also so can you tell me about any one patient who has been especially memorable to you so somebody who perhaps made you inspired or somebody even if they it wasn't necessary necessarily inspiration someone who you won't forget someone story that has really stuck with you and you know you won't forget yeah so i had actually multiple people to tell about but uh, one important thing one incident i can tell you i can share that experience with you 
Uh, one of my patient was there who is uh, 68 to 70 within that range only age. I don't remember exactly because of eight years past now. Uh, her son got dead uh, by accident next to her house only on the main highway. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was, his face was fully smashed and she uh, couldn't recognize him. And for her, it was very difficult to accept that his, uh, uh, that body is his, her son only. She was not accepting that. And it was 13 years past for this incident, but she still did not accept that his son is no more. From that period, she was very finding difficult to uh, like... Uh, there's a severe depression, lot of physical symptoms. She stopped everything, like, uh, like Indian, you know, that and mostly Goan people. When somebody is uh, died from the family, like love work, then the mostly women are not move, moving out from the house. They are just keeping themselves isolated, crying, not this X, Y, Z. And uh, there was a high suicide risk for this lady, and she tried to twice a time, I think, one is hanging by rope, and once she had a uh, red poison. When she came into the treatment, then uh, she was not believing in the counseling that she was, she was telling me, uh, so many people are telling me, now 13 years past, as a counselor, she will not uh, do anything uh, to me. Your talking treatment will not helping me out. So I first talked to her husband as a significant other caregiver we inverted. We do have that strategy also specific when uh, treatment is a part of one treatment. Then slowly, slowly, I took the assessment. I assessed her uh, suicidal ideation, then did a management part. And I made her in a situation to accept it first, that her son is no more. And these are the things and uh, which she was not accepting from 13 years. And slowly, slowly working with her, I started activation, then problem solving. I put in that situation. I gave a lot of space to cry because that the pain was the hidden inside, which was not coming out. And the session, she cried excessively. And after that second session, she started feeling slowly, slowly, slowly better. And the woman was not ready to come in the session. She used to call me and ask me that, when is my next session? That was a really good experience. Mm. Then she started coming slowly, slowly on the front yard, then the main road, which she was not coming because exactly then point her uh, son had died. And slowly, slowly, she started uh, doing that netting works and uh, reading story books, uh, praying to God, gardening works, slowly, slowly. And within that three circles that have, I told you, you know, so how that depression was there. And because of that depression, her physical symptoms were increasing. And because of that reason, she had stopped his own activity. Mm-hmm. That she was not knowing the link between that three circles and what was happening with her. And when I explained to her that time, she agreed to that, yes, exactly these things is happening with me. Then I showed him the situation like last 13 years past, you are telling me that your son is no more. And because of that reason, you are uh, into that situation again and again thinking. So after uh, thinking so many things, will your son will come back? Did you accept this? Your son is not there. So that time she cried not. Mm-hmm. And his counseling session, she accepted that her son is no more and gradually started coming up on the depression. So she has started a uh, lot of uh, activities like mingling with people, going to the neighbor place, which was she totally stopped. And her family was surprised that uh, so many doctors, we even psychiatrists also, she met 
even uh, monthly routine monthly yeah diabetes and pressure was there for that lady so routine checkup she used to go monthly but uh, she was not receiving any medicine but her husband especially came to meet me in the primary health center saying that your counseling is really powerful that which the doctors were not able to do but as a counselors you have done this within a health session that was really a great satisfaction for me yeah so this is such a difficult thing to go through um the, the fact that you let her one thing you said that you just she needed to cry and you let her just cry and um, just these little improvements and that also in each session her actually stepping out her wanting to come this is really heartwarming so i when i was uh, working with elderly people so elderly people know when they become and like uh, old they stop doing everything like previously what they were enjoying so we were showing them that only what you were doing earlier and now what you uh, stopped and uh, like uh, to engage them uh, we were engaging them in one of the activities which they could do in that uh, like in uh, means now means in their old age what they can do so like that no uh, i did one uh, first session and she said no no now i am become old uh, that was i was doing in that time i was young so i said we just tried and uh, she no she was liking uh, to do gardening and uh, she so there were six sessions like in three months six sessions were there so she started growing plants and uh, she uh, this thing brought uh, those lady finger uh, the seeds and she just uh, means she grew those and in this uh, six session no she brought me those uh, this thing lady finger lady fingers for me and uh, showing that see i i could work means i can start now my things and she uh, literally went to the government offices uh, to find out like how i can uh, uh, start uh, those fields so that's how she learned many things from my sessions and i also got satisfied that she could start something in this age like old age Yeah. yeah, and that was an example like for the old age people also. And it's a very, I think, a very empowering thing to be able to let them feel that they are still capable and they can still do this. Um, so that's really lovely. Um, I think the only last thing I wanted to ask is that um, when you tell friends or family or Jogi about um this sort of work, do they notice a difference in you after having begun? Uh, being a counselor, or what are their reactions to this? Yeah, actually, uh, I can say this is not right or wrong answers with me. But uh, based on my experience, when if I talk to this with my friends, some friends make fun of that. Like, what is the counseling that you are? Uh, what's that? Uh, you're telling, uh, you're t- doing lot of information to us that your information will not help me. Then. you and uh, when we are working with the alcohol people then the friends are making fun but my family is really feeling very proud that i am working with multiple people uh, especially with alcohol people because uh, we came across many people with alcohol then because of alcohol there is a lot of domestic violence with the people uh, mostly women were facing lot of financial problems then be it something like that so those problems we are solving with the people and when family meet us then they give lot of uh, 
blessings or the prayers towards us. So when we share this uh, information with our family, like uh, these things that we are getting, we are not sharing the exact details of patient because there is a confidentiality. But in general, so today I had gone to one of the place, then this uh, family gave me uh, these blessings or something like that. So my family is really feeling very proud that my son is working with the people and helping to them. Mm. Yeah, so these are the overall experience and really feeling very good and satisfaction what we are getting from people. Mm-hmm. Okay. My background is like my whole family is in business so, and government sectors. Mm-hmm. And when I uh, started working in NGO, so here in Goa, no, NGO means like uh, it's a very, uh, means uh, no, uh, this thing like, uh, okay, it's an NGO, no, not very much like I'm doing. So when, uh, then I got a chance in uh, radio recently, actually, uh, re- there was an interview on radio. Mm. So they were asking us like questions, what we are doing, what is Sangat, everything. So many people from my family, uh, they uh, heard uh, that interview and that's how they came to know what I'm doing in Sangat. And then they said, ah, you are doing very good thing and you must have been getting many blessings from people also because you are working with people. And what we are doing is we are just going to government sectors and writing their documents and coming back. But you are doing very good, like awareness also you are doing, you are helping people also. It's a very good job, they said. Mm. So that is very satisfying. (laughs) I can imagine, especially from your mother, she must feel also so. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's really lovely. I I don't have anything else I'd like to ask. Um, is there anything else you want to share? Um, before we... Yeah, so I think uh, one topic we did not uh, discuss right now because uh, stigma and the challenge is what we're facing in the, this work. Yes. So first of all, when we talk to the people about the counseling, then... Mostly people don't accept it. Counseling will help them out what is counseling. Some people make fun or some people really don't accept it easily. When we go to the family to talk with women, then husbands will be there. So who are you counselors? What are you doing? Doctors are giving medicine, but she's not improving something. Then what you're talking treatment will be doing that. So actually there is a lot of power in the counseling. So explaining this to them, it's very difficult because we try our best, but they don't understand. Mm. It is the first thing. And there is a lot of stigma in Goa. I mean, I can say that in India also, but the stigma. Um, for example, if somebody has a problem of depression, then coming to the counseling room, they think that people may label them. They have a mentally illness or my what my neighbors will be thinking about the counselors is coming to home for depression means I am mad or something like that. So there is a huge challenges we are facing. Mm-hmm. And in the training, we got to uh, know that uh, how to deal with these types of stigma or these types of challenges. But yes, so mostly when we face these types of challenges, it's very difficult to deal with people sometimes because lack of awareness also is there. So mm-hmm. after doing this, uh, uh, facing these challenges, what we started now, the new strategy, it was not new t- strategy, but it was doing before also. So before starting any project, we personally go into the community and we do our awareness talk. Mm. There is a depression, why it is important. Uh, so if somebody is uh, facing some stigma, 
then how the family members can be motivate them to counseling we can we are sharing the previous experience also so many people have same problem like stigma or challenges but these people came in, uh, came into the treatment now they are really feeling good so mm -hmm. as a caretaker as a family members also there is a uh, main important they play a role in that so as a family member they can motivate their people person to come into the treatment and take this uh, good opportunity because we prove that in goa there is a power in the counseling and sangar is the one organizations who are really training well the people from taking different stream also and it proved that also only the psychological background people can't be uh, deliver the treatment but other people also can deliver this treatment best from different stream also yeah and we have two examples here yeah that's true i think that's the i think that's the beauty of this sort of job is that you know we always think of these at least as someone who studied it formally the idea of going to treatment to somebody who is not a psychologist or a psychiatrist is not something that we were ever exposed to because it wasn't you know it's like if you want to get your taxes done you go to an accountant if you want to get your diet fixed you go to a dietitian you want to go for mental health treatment you go to a psychologist or a psychiatrist what you're demonstrating is that i think that human connection that being able to build that human connection these soft skills of empathy of listening of problem solving yeah. there are things that you don't have to be working in a certain professional space to be capable of you know these and these are not these are not um, traits that are specific to certain professions either like you know you may you may be a mechanic and you will be excellent at doing this like it has no bearing so i think you know i this is one of the biggest learnings i think from this sort of work and absolutely like what you mentioned about stigma and everything um it's very hard to go how much can you because to a certain degree you understand where they are coming from and you also shared that your friends you know their reaction is very different from what your family reaction is and initially you are you also shared that you didn't feel uh, you treat the you treat people differently because of this so it's 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 there you've been a part of it it's it's not it's it's going to take a long time for it to go um away completely but things like this are helping and you know that that one good experience like the experience of the woman that you shared who lost her son i mean i can imagine if she knows somebody else who's gone through it i'm i'm not surprised if she would say you should go speak to subhasha sangar um yeah. he helped me um and it's it's like a ripple effect you know that one person you touch will go and spread the word and it will change the way they think but i'm i mean i'm sure you also get people who refuse to do it and don't don't want to be open to trying either and at some point how much can you push you can't force them if they if they are very against it then you just have to let them be too right um we can wrap up here um i'm just going to and i just wanted to say thank you for being a part of this and um it's been lovely speaking with you thank you for tuning into this episode of conversations in global health we hope it gave you an insight into the world of global health and that it inspired you to become inquisitive about these concepts and issues like it did for us We have come to the end of our season, but we hope you continue to carry these lessons and stories with you. Until next time, take care and stay well.